What's up everybody and welcome back, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast, I hope you're all well, I'm absolutely fantastic, thank you for asking, um, and we're here, and we're drinking, today we've got a grenade energy cherry bomb, shout out to Courtney Proust for introducing the Bridgman Price household to uh, cherry bomb grenade energy, so you know what? You know what's nice about these cans is that they're three hundred and thirty mil, as opposed to like half a liter, five hundred mil. Because five hundred mil is a lot. Like sometimes I'm, I get to the end of a monster, I'm already shaking from the caffeine, and I'm like, I don't know if I can do, <laughs> if I can do the rest of this like two hundred mil that I've got left. So three hundred and thirty mil. It's a very strong taste. It's a very very flavorful cherry. Um, and today. Um, I wanted to just kind of talk about just a few random things, to be honest. I I didn't really have any structure. I just kind of wanted to throw a podcast up and just catch up a little bit and see what's going on in the world and just talk a little bit bit about this and a little bit about that. Um, So first up, um, how I'm feeling. I'm fucking heavy, lad. I'm fucking heavy. Uh, Do as I say, not as I I do. Jesus. Uh, I'm like 107. Like granted, ninety seven kilos, I was I was pretty much fat free, and then it was just about getting getting myself flat and dry. So I put on about ten kilos. That's twenty two pounds in sixteen days. Uh, I really, really, really am struggling with food focus for some reason. Like I'm still craving that feeling of being full, um, and quite often I'm trying to like have a small breakfast and then just go train, or even no breakfast and then just go train. Try and get to like one o'clock, have like a medium to well I'd actually just have a normal post workout meal. And then I try and wait as long as I can and then I just fucking order something and I just eat loads and loads and loads of food. Um I've pretty much I have pretty much had out of the sixteen days or seventeen days it's been post post show. Granted like four four or five of them four of them like should have been like whatever. Who gives a fuck? You're a pro now, bitch. Um but the subsequent ten, <laughs> uh, like it's just been a battle, and like I want it to be real with you guys. Like it's, it's it's it is very very difficult, no matter what level. I just got my goddamn pro card. That's a high level. I can now say that, which is crazy to say. Um, and it's still extremely extremely hard. Like I think one thing that's going for me is like I've been active. I'm st- like I've washed off my fatigue. I feel really really good. Like my joints are feeling better. The the uh the quicker ester the quicker ester drugs like Winstrol and Anavar out my system, uh, and every single day, mentally I'm feeling better and better and better. So I'm kind of pushing a little bit harder, a little bit harder. Um, the hunger is coming down. Like it's been like ten out of ten. I just want to keep binging and eating. I, I I shouldn't say binge. I just want to keep eating and eating and eating until I just can't. Uh, and I've probably let myself do that. I've probably let myself do that. Like once or twice, like as in just like, all right, fuck this, I'm in, I'm gonna keep going. Uh, and one time, I just had a whole packet of hobnobs. I literally just had one. I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna have a whole thing. Then I'm gonna have a big bowl of cereal. I made two bowls of cereal in the end, uh, and I just kept eating until I was like, yeah, all right, I'm not I'm not hungry anymore. Um, and I went to bed and just had the worst night's sleep. Uh, so I've probably done that once or twice. The rest of it has been like, let's just hit a spot, like. Last night, I'm like, you know what? I haven't had Thai for a little bit. So I was like, okay, let's, like... I don't, like, get, like, loads of curries and loads of deep-fried food. Like, I just try and get, like... I, I try. 
Like, for example, I justify lunch uh, getting Turkish because I'm like, yeah, okay, it's grilled meat and rice. And I'm like, okay, it is, but it's also in oil. But it's, it's not a big deal. Like, stuff like that is not a big deal because that's quite sustainable for the long term, especially as you get further into your off-season. And then, like, in the evening, I'm like, okay, now I need something dirty. Like, I had a fucking Domino's on Monday, and I'm like, cool, I need to get a tie yesterday, Tuesday. Like, what's going on with me? Like, why are you doing that? But I'm just, like, scratching itches that haven't been itched for so long, and... I'm not controlling it properly. I'm not, I'm not like taking. I'm not taking ownership of of what I'm doing, and it's quite. And uh, I'm finding it hard to take ownership. Actually, I know it's going to be fine. Like I still look pretty good. Like I still got veins in my abs. Um, got granted, guys. Like for the first three weeks post competition, everything I was using in terms of steroids was an enanthate molecule. So, uh, sorry, an enanthate ester. So. All of them are going to take at least four or five weeks to completely clear. Like, I was using Trent E. I was using uh, Mast E, Test E, and Primo was an E as well. So, like, you know, like, for, for two or three weeks, like, you're going to be really, really anabolic. And then, of course, you're still going to have some of the Winstrol and the, and the Anavar floating around. A little bit quicker clearance, though. Um, so, that first week, like, I took, like, four or five days off anyway. But, like, that's, that first week of training... And the second week of training, like, you are in a place where you can fucking blow up uh, and maybe reclaim reclaim some muscle and maybe fill out some muscle. So I've sort of done that. Stayed lean-ish. Like, I've definitely accumulated. Like, there's definitely, like, of the 10 kilos I've put on, there's probably, like, five or six kilos of, like, pure fat, maybe. Which is good. Like, at least, at least three of that should have gone on. The extra bit was probably just, like, where I shouldn't have done, where I shouldn't have eaten too much, too long. Um, but like, I'm not. I'm not even saying that's over. Like, I'm. Not, I don't know what's gonna happen tonight. I'm gonna try and play it cool tonight. Um, or this 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 afternoon. Uh, it's a rest day today, so I tend to just, off. I'll, I'll just keep busy, really, really busy, and do a lot of work until twelve anyway, because there's less food, and I'll try and break it with an egg white something. Um, or I could walk down the road to the cafe and just have like eggs and avocado and feta and chorizo on some sourdough toast and be like, oh yeah, that's fine, isn't it? Fuck, there it goes again. Anyone who's been addicted to something seriously, um, like for me, uh, for me, weed was something like was, that was that was like that. So I, I, I obviously I still smoke now. Uh, two seconds, guys. I need to open this window in here. Okay, so for me, like, I still smoke it, like, I kind of, but when I was, I say when I was in denial about what I just thought about it, and how I perceived it, and, because it was so demonized, and it is so demonized, like, you feel guilty, if you're someone who, who, who smokes, like, you feel guilty because no one else does, and blah, 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 we don't, we don't need to go into the depths of why, of, of why I'm content with it now, but when I was in those moments of trying to quit, like, you find every single, because there's no doubt, like chemically, I was addicted to it, and I am probably chemically addicted to it. There's, you find every single reason to just have one more, just have one more. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's a bit. That's that's a bit like what it was. And uh, I will find a reason to sit down in that cafe, have that meal, be like, cool. Maybe I'll have a bit of banana bread because I need some extra carbs. And that's how it spirals out of control. Because I can't just order one thing. I don't have that capacity at the moment. <laughs> um, but I know that my hunger hormones should kind of level out soon. Usually like three or four weeks. Like I'm coming into my third week now. I do feel better. Like, like I said, I was at a 10 out of 10 hunger every single fucking day. And I'm probably... 
I'm probably at an eight now, or maybe just coming in below an eight now, because I'm, I can control myself in the mornings really, really easily, and even in the afternoons, I'm not too bad. It's just the evenings, so it's quite hard. But when I first started, I was like, I'm out. I'm coming in for everything all day, <laughs> morning, morning, lunch, and dinner. I'm coming in. Um, but it is what it is. Like that's the reality of it. Like you push yourself to an extreme. Maybe expecting an extreme rebound sometimes. Um, I, I, I don't know if I. I think I probably pushed it a bit harder this time just because I kind of achieved a huge goal and I wanted to reward myself. So like actually four or five of those days, maybe even that first week was completely guilt free. And it was great, and I was saying that out loud to people, like, even maybe in my story, I was like, it feels great, it's like guilt-free, I fucking earn this, like, I don't give a shit if I gain, like, whatever, you know, which is probably why I've gained so much now, because I've had that in the back of my mind, like, whatever, like, I just earned that, I'm just going to wait until I find equilibrium, because to be honest, the last, like, four or five days, where I've been eating off plan, like, I had huge loads of food, I had, like, five donuts and Greek and four or five fucking dishes of Greek, and whatever and dominoes on monday and highest i'm still like in the 107s and i stopped my thyroid on sunday as well so it's like if you find that equilibrium of like calories in versus calories out and while i have a lot of fucking calories in the evening kind of find that equilibrium um so hopefully 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 um hunger is going to start to reduce a little bit and will be in that position when I can add a little bit of structure back. But I'm getting there slowly but surely. Like, I, like every day is getting better. Um, the training is keeping me sane. Training is going really, really well. They're obviously progressing really well. A lot of focus on... I want to bring that thickness in my lower back up a little bit. I think that I have to dig so hard to get my lower back in, which is just so weird. Um, having a bit more size there might just keep it a little bit easier to keep on the, on the way back, on the way down. Um, a little bit more to my triceps. I think I got a little bit carried away with the aesthetics of my biceps, like because I, I never had them before. And actually, like when I really concentrated on for like I learned them like six, seven months later, I was like, damn, I can feel these fucking arms under here. And then obviously, when I got lean, I was like, Jesus, these biceps look good. So I was like, really trying on. You get that thing, you know, when you know something looks good, you really want to try because you just want it to look better. Um, and I never had biceps before, so. I was doing that a lot with biceps, um, and maybe that may led me to neglect triceps. I don't think my triceps are bad because um, I'm quite a strong pusher, so they've always been quite, quite like quite decent for me to have. But I want them just gnarly. Like I look at Joe's arms, I'm like, I'm some big boys. I'd love that. Like, but we're just gonna see how it goes through the season. Don't want to risk, you know throwing vol I wanted to put some into my hamstrings I was like but I don't want to risk throwing more to my hamstrings if it's going to take away from the volume that we can put to my upper body if I'm going to go men's physique again which I probably am um and that's something else that we could talk about like I'm thinking like you guys know that I was thinking maybe I'll go classic and I kind of hinted to it a little bit because I really really like the classic poses I really did um but there's I think there's, there's a lot that I'm missing in terms of size like if Brandon is getting beat I mean he looks epic but if he's getting beat by size I know that I'm like I'm heavier than him like I'm I think he was 195 pounds I was 210 or something so I was like 10-15 pounds heavier than him but he looks 10-15 pounds heavier than me like because of the, his amazing muscle bellies and his his insertions and his genetics are, are, are epic and obviously he's had to work hard to get there as well which is 
which is a test testament to that because the fucking legs on the side, like I've got big quads and big hamstrings and big glutes, but they don't tie in super aesthetically because I've got quite a long torso. So like I just kind of look good in like I, f I could do a front double bicep because I can pull my vacuum in and makes my waist look a little bit shorter. Rear shots aren't too bad um, because long torso isn't too much of an issue. But when you're doing like side side shots, side triceps and stuff, you've got to have that gnarly side shot. And I just don't have that, so I know that I know that I'll probably get beat there. So for me to put on the size that I need to, it's going to take me a long, long time to do. Um, which is fine because I'm in it for the long haul. But when you like that, but I was like ready for that, right? I was like, if I get his pro card call, I, I might even just take a, you know, take a couple of years off and come back at 105 kilos and do classic. But I think the thing is, when you win like the app, the biggest <laughs> I've said it a few times because like, I still can't believe it. The biggest like amateur competition that you can do, and you win the overall, and like you. You kind of really beat people, like as you know. I spoke to a few of the judges, and they said, "Yeah, this was this was your show," you know. Like they said that from the start, and I was just like, "Because I mean, they put me in the, in the middle, in the overall, and in the whatever." They said, "Boom, you win!" Like, you know, from the start. So that was crazy to me. Um, it kind of makes you think, like maybe I maybe I've got something in men's physique, and I was kind of going back over the men's physique guys, and I, I compared myself to Jeremy Bendir and some of the poses and the pictures that I'd got, and I thought damn <laughs> and like I know that I'm like Jeremy Bundy is like 5'7 and I know that he would look a lot fuller and I know a lot of these guys look a lot fuller and, um, and bigger but if like I don't look super stringy for a tall guy and a lot of tall guys do and if you can put the tall guy who doesn't look super stringy against the short guy like you kind of look so much bigger um, and my back was really really good this year like comparing it to some of the top guys I mean some of the top guys are just unreal, and I'm not there yet, but I can see the potential for it. I need to get a little bit leaner, I think. There's still definitely still some body fat to come off my back um, when I get that lean, but having a bigger, thicker, lower back will definitely help do that in the long run. Um, but like, like when you win that competition, you think, maybe I've got something in men's physique here. So the the, com the commitments there to, uh, to, to, to push this year will we'll probably rest up for the next four weeks. By rest up, I mean be on TRT for the next four weeks. We'll get blood work done, assess how everything is, probably do another four weeks, um, just looking to improve that blood work. Uh, and then if it's still bad, we'll do another four weeks. And if it's still bad, we'll do another four weeks. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll keep doing that. And if it's not, we'll go into a blast and, and then we'll push up and we'll just try and gain three or four more kilos. If we could be 100 kilos on stage, fill in those gaps, I think that'll be a very, very good look for, for next year in the Pro Leagues. And we'll do that. We'll do the dance on the Pro Leagues, which would be crazy. You know, it would just be, well, my mum's retired, so she can come. Um, Amy might be able to come. We have to get someone so she can work there because <laughs> she, she has to work every day. But if we were like in Miami or something, or on that East Coast, just staying somewhere in a big Airbnb, That'd be a hell of a hell of a trip. Get Andy to come as well, the videographer. That'd be cool. Um, and just document the pro leagues. It'd be <laughs> mental. Um, so that'd be cool. So anyway, that that wrap up that bit. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was some things around finance. Yay! Everyone turns it off now. Uh, so I don't know some of you guys might know, or, or you may have picked up through the through the, through the podcast over the over the days and over the months over the years. 
Um, I do have like a side interest in finances and being smart with your money. Now, this isn't necessarily financial advice. This isn't going to make you loads of money. This isn't going to do things. But I think like there are some good long-term habits that you can do um, that can that can make you a millionaire later in life. And like you don't have to be earning fuckloads of money for it, which is really really cool. Um, so first and foremost. There's some things that you need to establish that I think that you should have in place before you go um, investing into Tesla and like throwing money into stocks and shares and, and all this type of stuff. The first things first is like always have an emergency fund. Always have enough money to cover what you need to live and breathe, put a roof over your head for at least like six to 12 months. Obviously, the longer the better well yeah ideally the longer the better if you can get yourself on your feet and if you think you can get yourself on your feet in six months depending on the scenario then call cool. 12, 12 months for a buffer you know so if that's a thousand pound a month then you know you need six thousand pounds in your emergency fund or just a fund that is for emergencies where it all goes to pot and you need to just live so that's the first thing so if you haven't got that then i wouldn't i wouldn't start throwing money into different places um, I think you should establish if you've got any debt, then you should probably look to pay that off first. Um, a little bit different if it's a mortgage, a little bit different if that debt is maybe a student loan or, or like a contract with like a, a long-term contract with with, uh, with the government or a bank because they're safer, they're like safer debt, right? You don't, you don't, you don't like have to pay it like tomorrow, but if it's some other debt like, uh, I don't know, what kind of fucking debt do people even have? Who knows that you got to pay your phone bill off from last week or something and it's compounding or you're overdrawn and, and, and you're, you're getting charged £20 a month. Like pay those off first. The things that are hurting you financially, pay those off first. You know, Don't don't worry about investing and trying to go to the moon with different fucking coins and shit. It's not worth it. But if you have got all those and you have some money to play with, this is generally what I recommend and what I've consumed over probably like the last three years. Like, I like to do things for a long time before, like, I, I used steroids for two years, uh, researched steroids for four years before I even coached them. Um, similarly with finance, I've been in, like, that space or, like, learning about it for at least three or four years, you know, but I only start briefly talking about it now. And then you'll see, like, over the months and years, hopefully we can build into something else and we can maybe, maybe just have some, some UK versions of finance out. But anyway, um... Generally, recommend, general recommendations, the, the younger you are, the more riskier your portfolio can be. Portfolio being where your investments and shares are, or what are you investing into. That's they're just a fancy word, portfolio. So I think you've got to have some safer options that you do that you know that are going to basically accrue money over a long period of time and compound on, compound on each other. For example, um, a big one that you'll hear is the S&P 500. This is basically the top 500 companies. Pretty sure it's the world. Um, and it basically, for the last hundred years, um, every single year, it's averaged an eight to twelve percent gain. So, if you put in, you know, a thousand pound a hundred years ago, that would be worth incredible amounts year on year. In fact, should we get a compound? Let's do it. Compound interest calculator. Okay, then should we do it? We do it in pounds. Sorry, everyone, American. So, if you put a thousand pound in. And you say you get eight to ten, eight to twelve percent interest on that. We'll, we'll say ten percent, just to keep the numbers easy. And it's a hundred years. Let, let, let's do a lifetime. No, let's do um, let's do something realistic. Let's do like thirty years. 
let's say let's say we put in a thousand pound 10 percent interest um and it just compounds year on year and then we put in let's say we'll put in a hundred pound every single month as well because that's what we can we can afford to, to, to give over a 30 year period um you're going to be you know your initial balance starts at one thousand pounds you put in thirty six thousand pounds over that 30 years so our, our entire investment is 37 pounds and the future um investment is going to be worth a quarter of a million so over 30 years and that's all you have to do so if you started when you were 18 by the time you were 38 48 <laughs> you would be you'd have a quarter of a million but of course you don't put in a thousand or maybe you do maybe you do you don't you don't put in a hundred pound a month do you because you start at £100 a month, but then the next time you go to £200 a month, and if you do £200 a month, it's, you, you literally double your portfolio. It's The future investment is going to be worth £471,000. It's, it's crazy, right? So for me, at the moment, you know, I'm actually putting in £400 a month into, uh, one, I'm putting £200 into a stocks and shares ISA, which you can put in and take out tax-free, um, up to £20,000 a year. So I put £200 in that because I don't want to fill that right up at the moment with because I've got some other things going on. I then also put £200 minimum uh, into the S&P 500, which compounds roughly about 10%. So for me, if I do this for the next 30 years, this is going to be worth £1 million. But of course, as I earn more, I'm going to look to try and double this. So if I can put in, let's say I can put in £1,000 a month because maybe I'm earning £5,000 and and and. and, and, and that's after everything is all paid for, you know, or whatever it is. And then I put a thousand pound a month in, it's going to be worth 2.2 million, you know? So compound interest is, is, is absolutely wild. I mean, even if you have to do it for, for, for 20 years, you know, you start at 18 and you want to take some money out of 38. It's, 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 it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So I would recommend starting as, as early as you can afford it. And then just put in as much as you can, you can afford, you can afford to put aside because, it does add up over time. And if you can just forget about that money and don't think about it, you're going to be in a very, very good place in 20 to 30, 30 years' time, which is hard and it's a long time to think about. And a lot of people want to be an overnight millionaire. A lot of people want to have 100x coin. A lot of people want to have Tesla go to the moon. But realistically, that's like winning the lottery. And you should definitely take that risk every now and again because it's, it's always good to have a punt because what happens if you win? Fuck it, you did it, you know? But it's also very, very smart to just cover your bases with, you know, maybe like, maybe something like 50% of what you do is like relatively safe at a young age. And then like you could have like 30 or 40%, you, you know, 30 or 40% of like maybe slightly risky ones. Maybe you go into individual stocks, for example, and you go, all right, Tesla's a good company. Like we all know Tesla's a good company. It's probably going to go high. Like I'm going to put some money in there. Like what else do you like? Oh, you know, I quite like the um, the hemp business or, or CBD or, or cannabis. I'm going to put some money there in that sector. You can kind of pick and choose a little bit. Um, and then as you kind of, you know, go up towards that, that, that 10, maybe 15%, like those are the risky ones. Like, you know, maybe if you've got a thousand pound, maybe maybe you take 50 quid or a hundred quid and and you uh you have a punt with like you know someone one of these like dog doge coins or, or one of these coins like that and you have some fun with it and you don't mind if you lose that 50 pound because you know that 50% there is relatively safe because it's compounding over x amount of years 
uh, and you know that 30 to 40 percent is, is it is not safe because some of them can crash the whole market can crash companies can implode but you know you feel like you've done your market research into some more specific brands um like that's generally how i work and i just try and put as much into um into that 50 percent um or i just try and uh, take take more over to over years so for example um in 2020 i probably took 400 pound no less than that maybe 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 200 pound a month maybe 300 pound a month i would put put away somewhere and 200 pound of it would go into help to buy isa um and then 100 pound i would put into maybe bitcoin or something in, in 2020 and that was it a month you know and then you know by the end of the year it was maybe 500 pound and then you know this year i've managed to do 800 pounds so now i take 800 pound every single month and I put uh, 400 of it, which is 50%, and I put it into uh, like a, a, an S&P index, uh, you know, uh, sorry, like an index fund, like the S&P 500, or like a Vanguard, or I put it into my stocks and shares. Like so. and then the other, you know, maybe maybe 200 of it, I'll put into stocks, and I'll put into, uh, or 250 of it, I'll put into stocks like Tesla, Netflix, for example, we go through my portfolio right now, these are some of the people I've got. Um, I've got Airbnb, Palantir, CRISPR, which is like a, a genetic modification. I've got Coinbase, Farfetch, Neo. Uh, I've got Rolls-Royce. I've got the ARK Fund, Airbnb, Aurora Cannabis, Netflix, Tesla, Amazon, Microsoft, Google. Uh, and then we've got some coins as well. For example, I've got Cardano. I've got Ripple. I've got Ethereum. I've got Bitcoin. Um, so I just like that, that would be my... But I'd put more into those, or if I find some new company, I will find that and I'll add that to my portfolio. Um, and I'll put like 50 quid here, 50 quid there, but I'll do it every single month. And then they obviously build up over time. And hopefully some of them boom, some of them don't. Like I'm down, for example, I'm down 45% on Coinbase. I'm down 26% on Airbnb. But then I'm up, you know, 50% on Ripple. I'm up 55% on, on the S&P 500. So spreading those bets is, is it's a very, very clever way to do it. Um, and then yeah, like I'll throw a little bit of money here and there into uh, some some shit coins. And has it gone well so far? No, it hasn't. I've lost money, so that's why we that's why we don't use it fifty percent. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I've, I don't know if that helps anyone, but that's like generally like my strategy uh, to approach things. Uh, there's definitely better ways to do it. There's definitely more ways to do it. And I'm sure like some people who may even be financial advisors are going, you shouldn't even be putting this fucking podcast out. Um, but yeah, like, you know, don't forget things like, if you want to go for that long term, I don't really, um, pensions and, 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 and funds like that, that are, or bonds you can look into as well. Like they're, they're, they're relatively safe places to put your money. Um, and obviously, um, you got the tax benefits with, with pensions as well. So don't, don't miss those things. But I think like when you're young, Doing something like that is, is is so so smart, and I wish I did it earlier. Like I literally started in 2019 when I was 27 or 26. But if I'd done this when I was 18, and like you know what, it doesn't need to be a thousand pound, doesn't need to be a hundred pound. It needs to be 20 quid. It could be 10. Just like that habit is really really powerful because you know maybe that 10 goes to 20, then it goes to 40, then it goes to 80. Before you know it, you know you've you've got five grand in there and you're 22 and going trust me going to uni with five grand of your own money is like yeah nice you know and then if you keep the habit who knows what can happen so yeah like i hope that brings some value to people um and we'll finish off on some bodybuilding now so i wanted to finish with something bodybuilding because i love a bit of bodybuilding 
and I had a lot of new followers recently, so I'm getting a lot of the uh, the old questions kind of spark my uh, my memory of the things that I should talk about because I realize there's always new followers and, and people could always do with brushing up on the basics more. So a lot of people have been saying, like, why do you lift so slow? Um, I recently did a, a video with Matt Does Fitness. Uh, you guys will probably see it on Sunday, I think. And, and like he was saying in his video and explaining why I was going slow, and I thought it's, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good time to to explain why I train. I'm not gonna say slow with control, and and that's all it is. That's all it is. So there, there. I'm gonna break this down. There, there, there are a few phases in a movement that we have names for, right? You have the concentric, which is essentially when the the muscle is contracting and shortening. You might see me say short a lot. Um, short just means, or you might see it on uh, my, my uh, Instagram or whatever. Short just means the position of the muscle. So is the muscle short? If it's short, like from origin to insertion, then it's uh, you're gonna you're gonna it's, it's contracted. And then long, obviously, it's the opposite. Um, then we've obviously got the uh, the eccentric, which is the opposite of that, which is you know the the elongating of the the muscle. And, and 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 the the lowering part of the face. For example, if you're doing a chest press, you contract it up forward, um, and then if you release it downwards, that is the that is the opposite. Um, actively lengthening, for example. Um, then you have got the isometric, which is just the, the the middle ground of like when you're just holding holding tension, like not moving in either way. And now each of these uh, are like muscle action. It's the muscle action essentially, but each of these have different force productions they have different energy demands they, they have actually impact on on glucose tolerance um and and it's important to understand these from a bodybuilding perspective because we are looking to generate force but also be cons conservative with energy so we can perform later on but also trying to create muscle damage um so for example concentrics um the force production is the lowest here um, so the, the the force production that you need to move is is not as as high, um, but you need also need a lot of energy. Like it's it's just the hardest part of the movement to press it up, and that makes sense, right? Because you've got to move a weight from A to B. Whereas eccentrically, I'm thinking about a bench press here. If you work concentrically, you press it up. Like you you have to do that. But when you're coming down, like the weight's already up there, you're just controlling it down. Um, it's also got the lowest muscle damage, even when it's in the length and range. So even when you're fully stretched out has the lowest amount of muscle damage which for us as bodybuilders means oh, okay so there's not much muscle damage there so why would i do so much of it well you wouldn't which is why when we do a concentric we're pressing up hard and fast because we don't want to spend much time there if you were to do a really really slow concentric well you're not causing loads of damage but it's using loads of energy so you can see why you wouldn't want to necessarily do that for bodybuilding um and then you go to the isometric Modest force production, um, modest energy expenditure. Um, it, the muscle doesn't lengthen or shorten. It, you don't need to spend much time here because there's not much. It doesn't do much difference. It doesn't kind of. It doesn't doesn't cause loads of of, of damage, for example. Um, but then you have got the eccentric. Now this is where it gets interesting because when you're actively lengthening, the force production is higher here. It's actually the highest. So the the force that you need to control is higher, which means that there's the most muscle damage. Um, not only is there the most muscle damage during the eccentric phase of the motion, and remember the eccentric phase is when we're lowering it down. Think about that bench press. You're at the top of the movement, you're coming down. 
And what do most people do? They say one, two, three, press. One, two, three, press. And the reason why they say that is because there's the most muscle damage when you're lowering it down, but also the energy it takes to lower it down is lower than it takes to push it up. So if you're using less energy, but getting more muscle damage, why wouldn't you want to spend more time there? So that's why we count three seconds, because you want to spend more time under that position where you're not using as much energy, but you're damaging more muscle. Um, and that's really, really important to know. So whenever you see me con controlling movement, there's a few reasons for it. Mostly it's like for this, right? Because the force production um, and the energy expenditure and muscle damage. So I literally, you know, I want to press up hard, create a big contraction, and then just lower it down, you know, as, as, as slowly and as I control and as I do for those reasons. But not only that, but being in control and actually slowing and slowing the movement down, guess what else it does? It puts you in control. It makes you safe. It makes you allowed to get that shoulder in a safe place if you're doing a bench press, or it lets you get your lower back in a safe place if you're doing a squat. You don't you don't uh you don't put yourself in a compromised position. You know, if you're just slamming it up and down with really heavy weights, you know, it's it's it's, it's difficult. Um and, and and it puts a lot of stress on the body and it increases your injury risk. Um but, you know, in, in, in contrast to that, if you think about a powerlifter, like their goal is to just lift the most amount of weight with the least amount of that muscle damage. It's the opposite, right? So just, spank, you know, hit hard, hard concentric and don't even do the eccentric. You know, that's why you see, see powerlifters do a deadlift. They lift up, they let it go because you, they don't need to spend time there. It's just going to use a lot of muscle damage, which they don't need to do. Um, and yeah, I wanted to leave that there. Just to talk a little bit about the basics, because I forget that we, we we ignore those sometimes. But you know, most people just say let's slow it down on the way down. But like that's why, like that's why you should slow it slow it down on the way down. And I hope that makes sense to you guys out there, guys and girls out there. So yeah, if you if you enjoyed the podcast, like tag tag bridging the gap, we'll get you up on the story, uh, leave a rating, and um, yeah, at bridging the gap podcasting on Instagram at Josh Bridgman. Hope you guys are well. We'll see you soon. Bye bye.